word as it goes forth, it accomplishes good things in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13. Uh, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand and our ushers will get you one if you don't have one. But notice what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice again, the first part of that says, no temptation has overtaken you. Well, that word temptation means just what it says, temptation, temptations of the devil. It also means adversity. It also means trial. So no temptation, no adversity, no trial. Has anybody ever been tempted by the devil besides me? Has anybody ever had adversity in their life besides me? Has anybody ever had a trial come against you besides me? There are numerous temptations, numerous adversities, numerous trials that come against all of us. Various things. And, you know, I could stand up here for an hour and list, list off all the different things that, that could, could come against you. It could be a sickness or a disease. It could be, you know, some kind of a, a, a loss of a job. It could be, you know... Can anybody else think of something that kids are sick? Okay. Anybody else think of something? Huh? Lost loved one. You know, there's there's a lot of things that, that come against us. And uh, uh, sometimes it, it's people. Have you ever had people come against you? You know, the Apostle Paul talks about, he, he said, trials trials which happened to me by the by the plotting of the Jews Paul actually had people plotting against him have you ever had people plot against you <laughs> try to hurt you try to destroy you these are these are these are adversities trials but notice it says here the bible says no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. You need to realize that there's nothing unique that will ever come against you. Or I could put it another way, there's nothing that you will ever have to face that somebody else has not had to face. Don't ever think you're the only one that has ever had to go through a certain thing. Don't ever think that you're the only one who the devil has ever attacked. Don't ever think you're the only one that sickness or disease has ever come against your body. Don't ever think that you're the only one that's ever lost a job. Don't think that you're the only one that has ever, you know, gone through these things because everything that we go to, the Bible right here says that it's common to man. 
common to man. Uh, the Apostle Peter said this. He said, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Did you hear that? Don't think it's strange when a fiery trial comes against you. Don't think you're the only one that's ever been hit with something like that. Don't ever be surprised that something hasn't gone right in your life. Join the club. You know, I said join the club. As such as is common to man. So don't ever think you're the only one that's ever had to face whatever it is you're facing because I assure you there's been multitudes of people that have faced whatever it is you're facing. There's been multitudes of people who have faced that same thing. You need to remember that. Realize that. So notice no temptation, no adversity, no trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. How many of you are glad that God is faithful? God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? Now, I'm titling this message today, Not Allowed. Not Allowed. I really like that That. that how many, how many of you like that? Isn't that a nice sign up there that we have? Not allowed. Real loud, say not allowed. Not allowed. One more time, not allowed. not allowed. Notice God, who is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now that's good to know. That's really, really Good to know. There are temptations, adversities, and trials that God will not allow us to be faced with. Now, we need to think about that. The Bible said right here, He will not allow us to be tempted. He will not allow an adversity or a trial to come to come against us that we're not able to bear or overcome that's good to know there are temptations adversities and trials that god will not allow us to be faced with now you say well which ones will he not allow us to be faced with the ones we're not able to overcome Good news right here, whatever it is you're facing, you can beat it. You can defeat it with God's help. If you couldn't, he would not let it come, he would not permit it, he would not allow it to come against you. Did you hear me? If you can't overcome it, if you can't beat it with God's help, if you can't be successful against it, he would not have allowed it 
What are we titling this? Not allowed. Real loud, say not allowed. If you were not able to overcome it and beat it, he would not allow it to come against you in the first place. That's what that scripture is telling us. Now, I've heard people say this, and I've said it myself over the years. Well, I've never been tempted in that area. And I've almost been prideful when I've said it. Well, I've never been tempted in that area. Exactly. Now, I'm not moving on until you get this right here. Somebody said they got it. Well, I've never, well, somebody said, well, I've never been tempted to cheat on my wife. Exactly. Did you get that? How many got that? Well, I've never been tempted. I've never been tempted with alcohol. Exactly. God's faithful. Huh? He hasn't allowed you to be tempted with alcohol because you'd be the biggest drunk in town. Huh? Huh? Come on. He has maybe he hasn't allowed you to to to, to be tempted in the area of, of 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 being not faithful to your wife because you'd be the biggest womanizer of them all. Huh? Huh? I'm stopping right here because I want you to get this. What are we saying? If there's something coming against you, what do we know? We know that if you can't beat it, uh, let's say it this way. I've already said it, but I want you to get this. If something's coming against you, a temptation, a trial, some adversity, what do we know from this scripture? That you, with God's help, can beat it. Right? Because if you couldn't beat it, he would not, he would not what? He would not what? He would not what? He wouldn't allow it. Is that right? Are you okay? Yeah, but that thing I'm facing, it's so big, it's so bad, it's so mean. Well, that scripture right there tells you that just because God allowed it there, uh, just the fact that he allowed it there means that you've got what it takes with his help to beat it. Right? If you couldn't beat it, he would not allow it. Yeah, but I, I've never been tempted and I've never been tempted to cheat on my wife. Exactly. Well, I've never been tempted in the area of drugs. Exactly. Why haven't you been tempted in that area? God spared you from that because he knew you couldn't overcome it. Huh? You getting anything out of this? What am I trying to tell? I'm trying to bring you good news here. That if whatever it is you're facing in your life, God's allowed it. 
Because he knows you can beat it. If you couldn't beat it, he would not allow it. I think of wrestling. How many has ever thought of wrestling besides me? How many has ever stayed home on a Sunday morning to watch wrestling when you should have been in church? <laughs> I don't. Back in my day, see, in my day, the only you see, there was only five channels. Now I know some of you young kids can't relate to that because you know you got satellite or cable television, and and there's what 120 of them or 200 channels, right? 200 channels. 300 channels, but if you haven't guessed by now, about half of those channels don't have anything on them. Huh? Is that right? And, and, and the other channels, the other 100 or whatever, it's amazing. It's amazing. We've got satellite television. It's amazing. There's 200 channels. Half of them don't have anything on it. And, and the other half of them, it's amazing. There's 100 channels there, and there's nothing hardly ever on to watch. Huh? But back in my day, when I was a kid, there was, there was 2, 4, 5, 9, 11, 30, and 24. Okay? 46, that wasn't, we didn't have 46 back then. And so, so what I'm trying to tell you, you only had five or six choices. How many remembers that besides me? Huh? And so the only wrestling we could get back in that day was uh, wrestling at the chase. How many remembers wrestling at the chase? And that was on Sunday's Channel 11, KPLR at 11 o'clock, as I recall. And uh, I, do, I think they did play it like at 2 in the morning, but who's up at 2 in the morning? But my grandma, she loved wrestling, and she thought it was real. And, and, and she'd watch it at 2 in the morning, and she'd watch it again at 11, and she really didn't know she was watching the same thing. And she thought it was real, and she'd yell and scream, you know, and she loved Pat O'Connor. Does anybody remember Pat O'Connor? And boy, she hated, she hated Bobby Heenan, and she hated Black Jack Lanza, and I don't know. God bless you. You all don't even know who I'm talking about. But she'd sit there, and she'd scream, and she'd yell, and, you know, kill him. Kill him. And then she'd always say, Pat O'Connor, she called him Patty. Look out, Patty. Look out, Patty. And she'd scream and yell, and, and uh, she thought it was real. But the big thing back then is, is if you wanted to watch wrestling, you'd have to stay home from church to watch it. Remember? Anybody remember? Well, somebody said, well, just record it. We didn't have recorders back then. Do you all remember those days? We didn't have VCRs. Anyway, but the point I'm trying to make here, real loud, say not allowed. Why am I talking about wrestling? Because I've watched it over the years. And, and think about an opponent. You know, if you were in the ring wrestling, God would not allow anybody to get in that ring with you that you couldn't beat. That's good, isn't it? Now, now he might allow some big, bad-looking dudes to get in there with you. But what do we know from this scripture? He would not allow anybody to get in that ring with you that you couldn't what? You couldn't beat. Isn't that good to know? That's good to know, isn't it? That's really, really good to know. 
God would not allow anybody in that ring with you that you couldn't beat. Now, that opponent might get some licks in on you. That opponent might knock you down. It may look bad for you. I remember I went to the Keele Auditorium one time, and I was there with the golf professional, and he and I, that I, I worked for him as a kid, and we went to the Keele Auditorium to watch a, a, a cage match. <laughs> you didn't think you'd be hearing about this on Sunday morning, but that's all right. Anybody ever seen a cage match? <laughs> God bless you. And, uh, and I remember it was Dick the Bruiser and Harley Race. Anybody ever hear of those people? And I remember Dick the Bruiser had Harley Race upside down on his head, standing on his head in the corner, between the ropes, over by the turnbuckle there, between the ropes, okay, are you all right? Between the ropes, in the corner, ropes, you know, the, how many knows what the ropes are? There was a cage down there, and he had, him, he had Harley on his head, and, he, and his feet, he, Dick the Bruiser had his feet, tied up with the tag team rope, had his feet tied up the tag team rope. Harley was standing on his head. He, he, you know, he's between the ropes and the chain link. He had his feet, uh, Dick the Bruiser had his feet tied up. Things didn't look too good for Harley. I said things didn't look too good for Harley. And, and, and I remember asking the pro because I was just, I was probably about 19, 18, 19 at the time. That was the night I had my arm. It was dark in there, you know, in the Keel Auditorium. I had my arm up on the, on the, on the, the banister. And this lady right side of me, I feel this horrible pain right on my elbow. And I jerk it back. And she went to put her cigarette out on the banister. But, my, but she didn't know my arm was there. So she put her cigarette out, out on my arm. Ouch! Ooh! Nonetheless, he's got Harley upside down, tied up. Are you okay? Did you you got you know where we're at here now? How many knows where we're at? And I said to the pro, I said, I said, do you think the Bruiser will be able to finish race off from there? And the pro said, he said, heck, I could go in there and finish race off from there. Anybody could go in there. He said, all you have to do is go over and, and just kick Race in the head till he's unconscious. Untie him, pull him out in the middle of the ring and pin him. Now why am I telling you all this? Guess what? Guess who won the, guess who won the match? Guess who won the match? Harley Race. Now, why did I share that with you? How many of you, the devil has ever had you over in the corner of the ring of life? He's had you turned upside down with your head bleeding upside down, your head's on the mat, your feet's up, tied up in the turnbuckle, you're between the ropes and the chain link fence, you're between a rock and a hard place. How many of you, the devil's ever had you in the, in the ring of life, in that position where you were down and out, upside down, tied up, head bleeding, things look bad? Has anybody ever been there besides me? But guess what? God will not allow anybody to step in the ring with you that you can't beat. 
I said God will not allow anybody in the ring with you that you can't beat. And even if the devil has you in the corner, on your head, upside down, feet tied up with the tag team rope, and things look bad, guess what? Just like Harley Race came back and won that match, guess what? God will make a way. Say, God will make a way. God will make a way for you to get out of that terrible situation and come back and win the match. Can anybody say praise God? You need to understand that. Because look what the Bible says here, right here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says right here that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make, make the what? Make the what? Make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So no matter what's in the ring with you, no matter what the opponent is, no matter what's coming against you, God will not allow anything in the ring with you that you can't beat. And in the middle of that, he will make the way of escape so that you may be able to bear it and overcome it. And I can say amen to that. So he'll make a way of escape. The reason Christians are not able to overcome temptations, adversities, and trials is that they've not discovered the way of escape that God has made for them. So I want to talk to you in the time I have left about finding that way of escape. How many of you, if the devil had you like Harley Race upside down in that horrible position, you'd want to find the way of escape? Well, I just told you there's a the Bible just told you there's a way of escape. But the reason Christians go on to lose their matches, their whatever the match, whatever the the reason they they lose, and the and, and the adversary beats them, is because they don't find the way of escape that God has for them. Look at Second Peter two and nine. Look at Second Peter two and nine. Look at Second Peter two and nine. 2 Peter 2 and 9. Notice what the Bible says here. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Did you get that? The Lord knows how. Realize, say, the Lord knows how. Yeah, the Lord knows how. Didn't we just read he'll make a way of escape? And he knows how to do it. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Well, if he knows how, if he knows the way, then what we have to do is we have to get with him and find out what that way is. Is that right? Is that right? Now, look at Hebrews 3 and 8. Let me just tell you right now from the Word of God something that you don't want to do when you're facing a temptation, an adversary, a trial, something you don't want to do. Look at Hebrews 3 and 8. It says, do not what? Do not what? Do not 
harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That's talking about when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they were rebelling against God. Notice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Here's one thing that you don't want to do when you're facing an adversary. You do not want to harden your heart. Did you hear me? Notice, do not harden your hearts in the day of trial. Do not harden your hearts in the day of trial. How many of you, if you're like me, you've ever had something coming against you and you get mad at God? Has anybody ever been mad at God besides me? How many would be willing to admit it? Why is that coming against me? Why is he letting me go through this? Why is that happening? Why is that going on? Why are they doing this to me? Why, 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 why? Has anybody ever done that besides me? Why did that happen to me? Huh? Anybody ever done that besides me? And what happens there? You're hardening your hearts. Well, don't do that in the day of trial. Did you know the children of Israel in the wilderness, they hardened their hearts in the day of trial and they did not get out of the wilderness? How many of you know they could overcome the wilderness? How do I know that? Because God would have never allowed that wilderness experience if they couldn't have overcome it. He won't allow an opponent in the ring with you that you can't overcome. They could have overcome it. They didn't. Why? Because one of the things they did is they hardened their hearts in the day of trial. No, when there's a trial coming against you, don't harden your heart. Now look at James chapter 1 and verse 2. Don't harden your hearts. And here's something else you need to know. James 1 verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> and at least she's honest. She said, oh no. But if you're facing an adversary, you can't harden your heart. In the day of trial. And then the Bible tells us here to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We're allowed to say count it all joy. joy. Is that what the word said to do? Yeah. It didn't say grumble and complain, did it? It said to count it all what? Count it all joy when... You fall into various trials. Now, it didn't say count it all joy when, the, when, 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 the, when you've got the victory, did it? That's easy to do. This is much more difficult. Anybody can count it all joy when things are going wonderful. But count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When you're upside down. Your head's on the mat and your feet tied up in the turnbuckle. Your head's bleeding. Things don't look good. What are you supposed to do? Grumble and complain? Are you supposed to count it all joy? Huh? Count it all joy. Knowing that, verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Produces patience. 
Now, I like the way, I don't know if we have the Message Bible. I think we may have it, but verse 2, James 1, verse 2 in the Message Bible. I don't know, do, do we have the Message Bible? I'm not sure if we have it, but here's what it says in the Message Bible. Do we have that? I'm not sure if we do, but it says this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Consider it a gift. Why would you consider it a gift? It says this, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Well, I'm going to read the whole thing here. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Knowing that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. See, we don't know whether you have faith or not when everything's going good. It's not until things get rough that you're going to find out whether or not you have any faith. Did you hear me? So when opposition comes, when the devil attacks, when, when people come against you, when things are coming against you, the Bible tells us to do just the opposite of what the world would do. The world would say, well, grumble and complain and woe is me. No, the Bible says to count it all joy, consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Because then, see, you're under pressure. And under pressure, then your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. And notice, what does verse 3 say here again in the New King James? It says, knowing that the testing of your faith will do what? It will produce patience. And then verse 4 says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's a victory scripture there, isn't it? When tests and trials and adversities come, the Bible says to count it all joy, consider it a sheer gift. Because you see, we've got some information. We know that that thing that's coming against us, if we couldn't beat it, God would not allow it. So it comes at us, and we know that he'll make the way of escape. We're not going to grumble and complain. We're not going to harden our hearts in the day of trial. But we're going to count it all joy knowing that, that, that under that pressure our faith will be tested. And as a result, it will produce patience. And then when patience, remember what patience is, it's the ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. Amen. And, and as that patience is produced and made stronger and our faith is released. Remember the Bible says through faith and patience you'll inherit the promises. And as a result of all of that at the end of that process you'll get out of being upside down in the corner. You'll, you'll come back into the middle of the ring. You'll rise up in the power of God and there'll be a way made. You'll see that way and bless God you'll walk in that way and you'll overcome and you'll You'll be stronger as a result. Praise God. So what have we learned here so far? We've learned that when you're facing a trial, 
Don't grumble and complain. Count it all joy. Now look at verse 5. Let's talk a little bit more about finding the way out. If any of you lacks wisdom, have you ever been in a tough spot and you lacked wisdom as to what to do? Well, if any of you lacks wisdom, and we'll say in this case as it pertains to finding that way of escape, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What is the Bible telling us to do here? If we're in a tough spot, if we're in a trial, a temptation, an adversity coming against us, it tells us right here to go to God and ask Him what to do. Right? Is that right? We've already told you, don't harden your hearts. We've already told you from the Word of God to count it all joy. But here's something else. Go talk to God. Go talk to God. Look at Hebrews 4.14. Go there very quickly. Hebrews 4.14. Go there very quickly. Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Well, let us hold fast our confession. You know what that goes right back to? How many remembers that message I preached two weeks ago on venting? So when that adversity is coming against us, when that trial is coming against us, we're not supposed to vent, are we? Because if we're venting, what's happening? We've shown that our heart's being hardened or has been hardened to some degree. And if we're venting, that's a sure sign that we're not counting at all joy. So it says right here, hold fast to our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Who's that talking about? Jesus. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, if you're facing a temptation, a trial, an adversity, is that a time of need? Yeah. It's okay. All right. So we're not going we're, we're, we're to harden our hearts. We're not going to vent. We're going to count it all joy. But then we're also going to go to the throne of grace where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we're going to ask with all of our faith, in faith, no double-mindedness, we're going to go before him and ask him for help. You need to realize something. He was tempted in all points like as you have been and I have been. He never missed it. He's been tempted in every way. Everything you've ever faced, he's faced it. Everything you've ever faced, he's overcome it. So wouldn't he be a good one to go talk to? He'd be a good one to go talk to. See, a lot of that's why Christians are getting beat left and right, beat left and right, beat left and right. It's because one of the main reasons they don't go to Jesus, a lot of times they don't even know that they, that they can. Hey, the Bible says we can go to him and ask him, does he know the way of escape? Didn't we just read that he'll make the way of escape? So we need to go to him and talk to him about it. Right? Look at Hebrews 2.18. Look at Hebrews 2.18. It says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, talking about Jesus, he is able to what? Aid those who are tempted. That's good news, isn't it? 
And when you go to him and you know that, 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 that he's fa- everything that you could possibly face, he's faced it. How many of you know he's faced a lot more than we have? Is that right? Now, is that right? Because there's some things that God will not allow to come against us. But how many of you know God allowed the whole onslaught to come against him? And how many of you know he never missed it, did he? So he is well capable of showing us that way of escape. So let's go to him. And let's talk to him. And let's ask him. To show us the way of escape. Didn't the Bible say he'd make a way of escape? So we need to find out what it is. And you know, as you go to Jesus and you ask him, Lord, now I'm being faced with this, whatever it may be, what do I do? You know, he may direct you, he may show you another choice. How many of you know if you're facing something... You need to know this about the devil. A lot of times he'll give you two choices, both of which are wrong. Do you hear me? And the Lord can show you a third choice that you didn't even know was available. That's the right one. Isn't that what happened to him when that woman was brought to him taken in adultery? Stoner? Don't stoner? How many of you know neither of those were ultimately the right answer? But what did Jesus do? He's our example. I believe he waited on the Father as he rode on the ground. And he got a choice that wasn't even presented to him. What did he say? He that's without sin among you, cast a stone. So maybe there's another choice out there that you didn't even know existed. Amen? Well, you're not going to find that out if you're grumbling and complaining. You're going to have to seek him and talk to him about it. How many of you know he may show you another route? Not only may there be another choice, there could be another route to that thing you're facing. Remember the wise men when they came in to see Jesus after he was born? Remember that? How many remember that? And Herod, Herod, you know, said, go in, find the child, and then come back and bring me report. And then the Bible says the Lord gave him a dream, and they departed another way. Maybe there's another way out of your situation that the Lord knows about. Now that thing you're facing, can you beat the thing? Can you beat the thing? Yes. If you couldn't beat it, he wouldn't have allowed it. Maybe there's another way. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know. Is that venting? Yeah. And that comes from a hardened heart, doesn't it? You're not counting it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it a sheer gift and go before the throne of God and ask him. Maybe there's another way out. Do you remember in Jesus' ministry, there, were, there, there, were some, there was one time, and this is something you can do, particularly as you grow in the things of God. Uh, and this has happened to me a few times over the years. You've got to spend time with the Lord on this. Be sensitive to Him. But he'll sh- he, does, doesn't the Bible say He'll show you things to come? And there are some things, there are some things that He'll show you ahead of time and you can avoid the thing altogether. Some things. 
Remember when the Bible says they sought to kill Jesus in a certain area? Remember? He just didn't go there. He avoided it. He went another way. Well, if you'll walk with the Lord and get serious about walking with Him and make your Christianity more than just a Sunday morning experience and seek Him in the midnight hour, make your Christian experience more than just enduring me for 30 minutes on Sunday morning and and really really get serious with the Lord, there's times He'll show you things ahead of time. And you can avoid the whole thing altogether. And then there's other times, most of the time, most of the time, I say most of the time, a fair amount of the time, let's put it that way, he may tell you to face the thing down. Face the thing down. Face the thing down. Real loud say, face the thing down. Sometimes the only way to overcome a situation is to go stare it right in the eye and face it down. How many of you know sometimes the only way to deal with a bully is to face him right in the eye? Huh? I remember this one kid when I was in second grade. His name was Alfred. I won't call his last name, and he was a bully. And he picked on all the kids. He picked on, and he picked on me. And he picked on me, and at recess he'd push me around, and this, that, and the other. And one day he pushed me down, and I'm eating mud, and I got up spitting grass and mud out of my mouth. And I thought, that's it, I'm done, I'm not taking it no more. And I went over to him, and he was standing there, and I looked him right in the eye, and he gave me a funny look, and I just kicked his feet right out from under him. He got back up, came at me, I kicked his feet out from under him a a second time he got up looked at me I kicked his feet out from under him a third time bless God and he old Alfred never bothered me again praise God did you hear me well he wasn't going to go away God wouldn't allow him there if I couldn't whip him amen that's why God allows me to bowl Bill Ham over here This guy just turned 50? You got your double ARP card in the mail yet? He's just a baby. Say happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. Yeah, I love him. I love beating him and John at bowling. But sometimes, real loud, say face it down. Sometimes you just got to face the thing down. Amen? Um, There's, you know, Jesus, we talked about him avoiding where they wanted to kill him. How many of you know after he preached his, I believe it was the first message in his hometown, how many of you know they took up things to kill him and they took him out to the brow of the hill? How many of you remember that? And how many of you know he walked right through through the midst? Unharmed. He faced him down, didn't he? Sometimes the Lord will tell you to just face the thing down. And you know there's good news because if we couldn't beat it, he wouldn't have let it in the ring with us. So it's in the ring. We know we can win with his help. Face the thing down. How many of you know they told Daniel, if you pray to your God, you're going in the lion's den. How many of you know that he faced the thing down, didn't he? The Bible says he went back to his quarters. He opened up the windows facing towards Jerusalem, just like he had always done. Amen? 
He faced it down. Guess what? He went in the lion's den. But guess what? Was those, were those lions uh, too big for Daniel? Absolutely not. Why? Because God made a way of escape. What was the way of escape? To face the thing down. He faced it down. He goes in the lion's den. God sends the angel, shuts the lion's mouth, and Daniel's delivered. Can you say amen? How many of you know the three Hebrew children? Remember, they were faced with a fiery furnace. God essentially directs them, and they made the decision to face the thing down. Is that right? Face the thing down. And, and they said, uh, you know, the king said, bow down when the music plays to the false god. And, and they said, no, we're not going to bow down. And, and he said, well, if you don't bow down, you're going to burn. How many of you remember that story? They were faced with a trial, with an adversity. That if they don't bow, they're going to go in that fiery furnace. Did you hear me? They're going to go in that fiery furnace. And you know what they said? They said, we're not going to serve the false god. We're not going to bow down because we know God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down to the false god. And they faced the thing down. They didn't run from it. They didn't hide from it. Sometimes the Lord might direct you to avoid something. Sometimes he, you know, there's different ways that he'll direct us. But many times he'll just tell you, face the thing down. And they faced it down. They went into the furnace and they they came out. They didn't get burned. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus showed up. He delivered them. Praise God. He made the way of escape. And uh, praise God. Good things happened. They got promoted. That's a good deal, isn't it? The Lord may direct you. You know, remember when Jesus was being tempted? What, what did he say? Did he, did he just say no? Or did he, did he respond with the word of God? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And how many of you know the devil left? Is that right? How many of you remember that? How many of you know he might have you speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will come to pass. Amen. And and you might have to speak to the situation to get it to move. Or you may just have to face the thing down like David. He faced the giant down, didn't he? Didn't he? He faced it down. And, and was the giant too big for him? No. He faced it down. He came, at the, he came at it in the name of the Lord, didn't he? And he had victory over the giant. And you know something I've learned about God? Because I've heard people say, well, that way of escape, it just it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It, there's just no way out. 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 Well, either God lied or you're lying. Did he say there was a way? Yeah, but how many's ever said like me at times, there's just no, it seems like there's no way out of this. There's just no way out of this. There's just no way out of this. There's just no way out of this. Shut that up. You're calling God a liar. Huh? There's no way out. There's no way out. There's, I just don't see any way out. I just don't. How many's ever said that besides me? I just don't see any way out. Well, well, it's, is there a way? I said, is there a way? Is there a way? Yeah, we just got to find it. There is a way out. I said there is a way out. I said there is a way out. Yeah, but there just doesn't seem like there's a way. Well, bless God, if there's not a way, God will make a way, praise God. But there is a way out. We just have to find it. Amen? 
All right, last scripture and then I'm, I'm done. Let's just close right here. James 1.12. James 1.12. I hope you still love me, Bill, for picking on you. You know I love you. He's one of the finest men I've ever met. He's got a great family and he's a good man. John is too over here. Praise God. Love John. Love bowling with him. Love beating him. Love it. <laughs> hey, in all fairness, they do beat me, uh, well, once in a while. <laughs> James 1 and 12. We'll close right here. Did you get anything out of this today? Blessed is the man or the woman, boy or girl, who endures what? Who endures it. For when he has been approved, what does that mean? When he has, he or she has found that way of escape, endured it, overcome it, walked out of it unscathed, not even smelling a smoke, you know, like the Hebrew children, victorious over it, he will receive the what? The crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So not only when we overcome, not only do we get to experience the victory in the here and now but guess what there's an eternal reward isn't there a crown of life that's one reason i'm I'm convinced the bible says that we should just discount it as a sheer gift from it's just a sheer gift when things come against us because when we endure it and overcome it with god's help not only is there victory in the here and the now but there's eternal eternal reward amen praise god stand with me if you would Praise God. Praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Heavenly Father, I just trust that as we shared this message with the people today, very simple message, but profound at the same time. Something that we all deal with in our everyday life, facing trials, tribulations, problems. This one coming against us, that one coming against us, this temptation, that temptation. Temptation in a sexual arena, temptation in, a, in an arena of, of alcohol, drugs, temptation uh, to, to go along with the crowd just because the crowd's going doing something, but we know it's not right according to the Word of God. But Lord, we know that you'll allow nothing to come against us that we can't overcome with your help. So we just come before the throne of grace as a congregation and Anything that comes against us individually or corporately, we, we seek you for the, the way of escape, the way to overcome. We believe we receive direction. We're asking in faith, no wavering or doubting. We believe that we receive wisdom right now, direction for what to do, when to do it, what way to go. And as you show it to us, then by faith, remember... People, whenever God shows you something, it's going to take faith to walk it out. So, sir, as you show us the way to go, we'll step out in faith and we'll go with you. And we'll meet the power of God to overcome the adversary. And we'll be blessed. We'll overcome and be blessed and be victorious. Praise God. Amen, amen. And there'll be a crown of reward. We just thank you for it. Thank you for it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never made him the Lord of your life, or you need to repent of something in your life and get back right with him, when I dismiss the service in just minutes from now, you come forward and there'll be some men and women standing up here. You can talk to them and they'll share with you how to 
make Jesus the Lord of your life. How to miss hell and make heaven. Amen. Praise God. If you have sickness or disease in your body anywhere at all, just lay your hand right now on that part of your body that's sick, that part of your body that's diseased, symptoms of sickness and disease. Praise God. Jesus is a situation turner arounder. I said he's a situation turner arounder. Like we talked in that wrestling example, you can be on your head one minute upside down, but you encounter the power of God and he can stand your right side up. There's people came to Jesus' meetings on a mat. They couldn't walk. They were on a mat or a bed. And they came in on the bed, and the bed went out on them. He turned it around. They were carried in on a bed, and they carried the bed out. He can turn the situation around. I don't care what you're facing in your physical body. Jesus is the healer. So just lay your hand on that area of your body. Maybe you need strength in your body. Just lay your hand on your on your, your chest area there. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I do, the power of God will go forth. It will bring healing and soundness and wholeness. In Jesus' name right now, I rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease. I command you to take your hands off God's property. And right now, I release the power of God, the anointing of God, to drive out sickness and disease and to bring soundness and wholeness. Those that are lacking in strength, I, 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 I speak to the anointing that's on the inside of them. Rise up on the inside of them and, and quicken or bring life to their mortal bodies. Supernatural strength in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Well, greet two or three people and then you're dismissed. God bless you.